Four ways to use concessions in your next negotiation. As negotiators, we understand that in order to get what we wanted out of a principled negotiation, no matter what negotiation styles or negotiating techniques we're using, we're going to have to make concessions to the other side. What we need to understand is how best to make concessions in order to allow us to get the deal that we're working towards in our next negotiation. Making strategic concessions at the right time can be an effective tactic in a negotiation. Here are four ways to make your concessions work to your best advantage in your next negotiation. Make sure to label your concessions. In a negotiation, never assume that your actions will speak for themselves. The other side will be motivated to overlook, ignore, or downplay your concessions. Why is this? They want to avoid the strong social obligation to reciprocate. What this means is that it's your responsibility to label your concessions and make them important to the other side. When it comes to labeling, there are rules for you to follow. First, let it be known to the other side what you've given up or what you've stopped demanding is costly to you. By doing so, you clarify that you made a concession. Second, take time to emphasize the benefits to the other side. Research suggests that negotiators reciprocate concessions based on the benefits that they receive while tending to ignore how much others are sacrificing. Third, don't give up on your original demands too quickly. If the other side considers your first office to be frivolous, your willingness to move away from it will not necessarily be seen as concessionary behavior. In contrast, your concessions will be much more powerful when the other side views your initial demands as serious and reasonable. Accordingly, spend time legitimating your original offer and then use it as a reference point when you label your concessions. Always demand and define reciprocity when making concessions. Labeling your concessions helps to trigger an obligation on the other side to reciprocate, but sometimes they'll be slow to act on that obligation. To increase the likelihood that you get something in return for your concession, try to explicitly, but diplomatically, demand reciprocity from them. When you're making concessions, make sure that you label the concessions. Secondly, demand reciprocity. Thirdly, define the precise form that reciprocity should take. Each one of these elements is critical. However, negotiators often overlook the need to define reciprocity. Remember that no one in a negotiation understands what you value better than you do. 
If you don't speak up, you're going to get what the other side thinks that you value. <laughs> or worse, what is most convenient for them to give. The strategy of demanding and defining reciprocity plays out in a variety of contexts. If you understand how to use it, then you can profit from it immensely. A great example is a tactic consultants and contractors like to use. When a client praises their work, a smart consultant will quickly point out that the person who would really love to hear this praise is his boss. In this way, he defines for the appreciative customer how best to reciprocate. Remember that you can make contingent concessions. One indicator of a good working relationship is that parties don't nickel and dime each other for concessions. Rather, each side learns about the interests and concerns of the other and makes a good faith effort towards achieving their joint gains. Unfortunately, while fostering such norms is desirable, it's not always possible to do during a negotiation. Some people that we negotiate with are clearly untrustworthy or entirely self-interested. Such negotiators are likely to exploit your goodwill by refusing to reciprocate at all, much less in the way that you've defined. When trust is low, or when you're engaged in a one-shot negotiation, consider making what are called contingent concessions. A concession is contingent if you state that you can make it only if the other person agrees to make a specified concession in return. Contingent concessions are almost risk-free for you. They allow you to signal to the other side that while you have room to make more concessions, it may be impossible for you to budge if reciprocity is not guaranteed. Keep in mind, however, that an over-reliance on contingent concessions can interfere with building trust with the other side. If you demand immediate compensation each time that you make a concession, your behavior will see, seem as self-serving rather than oriented towards the achieving mutual satisfaction for everyone involved. Realize that you can make concessions in installments. Research shows that most of us prefer to get bad news all at once. We prefer to get good news in installments. This finding suggests that the same concession will be more positively received if it's broken into separate installments. There are other reasons for you to make concessions in installments. First, most negotiators expect that they'll be able to trade offers back and forth several times, with each side making multiple concessions before reaching a final deal. If you give away everything in your first offer, the other side may think that you're holding back, even though you've been as generous as you can be. 
Installments may also lead you to discover that you really don't have to make as large a concession as you thought. When you give away a little at a time, you discover that you might get everything you want in return before using up your entire concession-making capability. Whatever is left over is yours to keep and use, or to use to induce further reciprocity. Finally, making multiple small concessions shows the other side that you're flexible and that you're willing to listen to their needs. Each time that you make a concession, you have the opportunity to label it as such and extract goodwill from them in return. What all of this means for you. All of the strategies that we've discussed are aimed at guaranteeing that the concessions you make are not ignored or exploited by the other side. It's important to note, however, that when someone refuses to reciprocate, the refusal often hurts them as much as the party who made the concession. Non-reciprocity, as it's called, sours the relationship, making it difficult for negotiators to trust each other or to risk further concessions. Thus, effective negotiators ensure that not only that their own concessions are reciprocated, but also, of course, that they acknowledge and reciprocate the concessions of others. 